on today's Locked On Royals podcast, on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. We're going to talk about the expectation level for the offseason for the Kansas City Royals. What should you, the fan, expect to happen for Kansas City? What moves does Dayton Moore and the front office need to make to get this team back to where they say they want to be? How can the, the Royals contend in 2022? All of that and more coming up on today's Lockdown Royals on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every single day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Ron Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Royals, your daily podcast about. The Kansas City Royals, the only daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals. You can subscribe for free across all platforms, and pretty soon, we're even going to be on YouTube. Now, this is not the only podcast that you're tasked with listening to this morning. Go check out Locked On Chiefs as well. Locked On Chiefs has you covered five days a week as well, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the season that they are on. Got a big win against the Dallas Cowboys Sunday that we're all still celebrating on a bye week for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, how can they continue to round into great form heading into the stretch run of the season? Go check out Locked On Chiefs five days a week. And it doesn't stop there either because you also have Locked On MLB, which is a five-day-week podcast for free on all platforms, including on YouTube, which gives you an update on the grand scheme of baseball in general. Uh, and, of course, that'll be very important as we move into these labor negotiations for the new CBA agreement. But a lot has happened throughout the course of baseball. Uh, we talked about this briefly last week, but the offseason's an interesting place right now because I, I can see both sides. I, I can see where players would want to have their contract in place prior to uh, this December date where things kind of go to a halt until they can have a new CBA. I can also see where players would be like, hey, you know what? What if I wait and then there's new language in the CBA that I don't want to be grandfathered into and I can actually benefit from waiting in the long run? They're kind of up in the air, and I don't know if there's really a wrong answer. I guess that the wrong answer could only be put in hindsight. We would only know that after we know what new advantages the players get from this CBA and what new advantages the owners get from the CBA. Uh, so it's just kind of up in the air right now. So you're seeing a lot of deals happen right off the bat that I don't know that we would have, would have seen had this you know kind of CBA stuff not been an issue for MLB at this time period. And it got you know kind of me thinking about the Royals. And so before we do our player breakdowns and player reviews, which we're going to be doing throughout the course of this next month, I do want to set the expectation for the offseason because at this point we're not really sure. You know, when the uh, Royals will make their moves or, or when they're going to kind of strike because the market has been so unpredictable so far this 
season, in this off season. So, what what is the goal for the Royals? What are the expectations for the Royals in the off season? I think that the Royals got a lot of credit last year for signing Carlos Santana and Mike Miner. I was somebody who was incredibly supportive of Dayton Moore and, and telling anyone who had listened how important it was last year to go trade for Benatendi, to go acquire Carlos Santana, to go get Mike Miner, to go sign Michael A. Taylor, to go make those moves because while they're marginal moves and while none of them besides Benatendi uh, created a incredible just return, it was still more than what other ownership groups were doing at that point. But for whatever reason, we've now seen a switch be flipped where now owners are more likely to make moves and you have the Tigers now jumping in the fray trying to get their team better. You have more teams being aggressive this offseason. So I think that this offseason, it's fair to expect the Royals to make moves and to continue to be that aggressive nature that they were last offseason, but to enhance their aggressiveness. Still have to be calculated. A small market team cannot just be willy-nilly, of course. Uh, but they also need to do better than Carlos Santana and Michael A. Taylor. And, and when I say that, that's not retroactively degrading their signings last year. I think for the for the place the Royals roster was in last year, those were really good signings. They're still really good signings. But now you've taken another step to the ladder. It's like a staircase. where you, The step you were at last year proved beneficial to sign Santana and Michael A. Taylor and not go beyond that. But now this year, you're taking that step above those two caliber of players. And it gets in this weird middle ground where, again, my dream free agent, if I could handpick any player to go to Kansas City, no questions asked, you figure it out later about the details, it would be Sterling Marte. I think that he would benefit greatly from Kansas City, and Kansas City, uh, more importantly, would benefit greatly from him. He he can go anywhere and be a stud. Like He can go anywhere and just be an absolute bona fide all-star caliber player. Kansas City can really benefit from his talent level. But I'm not going to hold Dayton more to that standard, because that's the dream. And a lot of times, dreams don't work out. So where do we find that line? Where is the Mendoza line of, okay, if this doesn't happen, then you can criticize the Royals front office? Because it's not Starling Marte. As much as I think that Marte is a great fit and it's my dream scenario, if it works out, Dayton Moore gets a ton of praise. If it doesn't work out, it's understandable. But what's that line where it's not, under, where it's not understandable anymore and where uh, the expectation level should be for Royals fans? We're going to talk about that more coming up. But first, I'll tell you right now, but good friends over at DirecTV, DirecTV, is incredible. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game on your phone, another device that lets you stream your favorite shows, you've got sport highlights on your phone, you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of your entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way is finally here to get your TV together, and that's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So, you can watch favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more uh, juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com to learn more. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. And folks, if you are in Kansas City, 
and in the Kansas City market. And you're struggling to find ways to stream the Kansas City Royals and Bali Sports Kansas City. I know that it's a long ways away. I know that February seems so far away as we're just now getting into the Thanksgiving season. But it'll be here before you know it, and you're going to be scrambling to try to find the Royals games, and they're not on a ton of providers. If you go to DirecTV Stream and the choice package of DirecTV Stream, you can stream the Kansas City Royals games on Bali Sports Kansas City. So you can look into that as well. DirecTV Stream, get your TV together. We are back on the Lockdown Royals Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals.com. And thank you for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Royals baseball coming up. We're going to talk with my good pal, Javier Reyes. Uh, about Thanksgiving and what we're thankful for in the baseball world and just general baseball chatting, which is always fun. Uh, That'll be tomorrow's episode. And also, we're going to have a whole series where we break down every single player on the roster and position on the roster. What's currently in-house? How can those in-house advancements be made to where they get better in-house? But also what's available in the open market to where they can go outside of their organization and find upgrades. And that's where we're leading to right now at the top, right? So this is not going to be an in-depth position-by-position nature right now. Just a general feel for what is that level that you hope for. Because Dayton Moore, at different points these last few years, I've been it known that 2022 is the year Kansas City is going to compete. And it's going to get back to the postseason. Now that can be helped out a lot by playoff expansion. So it's important to remember as we uh, kind of continue on this offseason, we're not even sure what the postseason landscape looks like. I think it's unfathomable to think that the Royals and MLB and PA and all that good stuff, that they're not going to be expanding playoffs. I think that's unfathomable. I, I I would be floored if the playoffs did not change in some way, shape, or form. I think that playoff changes are coming in terms of Teams that are going to get granted in, you might see the wild card format change as well, where it goes to maybe a best of three instead of a one game runoff. I think that all these things are still moving parts, and so that's important to remember as we talk about expectations for the playoffs, because it will not be as hard to get into those playoffs as it has recently been, of course, with the traditional baseball model, which is the hardest in all the sports. So with that in mind. And of course, also, that does not affect the Royals, but it's also likely that the NL will get the DH in their league. Of course, the Royals already have that option to, to flush out their roster. Uh, but with all of that in mind, that the game of baseball that we know is going to change in a matter of months, what does Dayton Moore have to do to get this team back to competitiveness? And so when setting the expectations, it's important to know that even for as bad as the record was last year in, in the sense of competing and contending, this roster is not far away. And that sounds odd, right? They had that incredible opening month of the season, and then from there it was downhill quickly. In the next two months they were atrocious. And if you checked out at that point, I understand. I, I totally get it. 
Uh, and it sounds odd on paper to say, how, how, does this, how is this roster not far away? But when you dig deeper into this roster, I feel confident that with Merrifield, Andrew Benintendi, Salvador Perez, are all going to be upper echelon elite players uh, for their respective positions and, and, and for uh, the Royals, that they're going to be incredibly good. And so that's three guys you're going to lock in right now, right? I would understand the skepticism of Alberto Mondesi. I would say that Mondesi, at any point when he came back last year from injury, he was an all-star caliber player. However, he barely played last year. So if you want to be skeptical about him and not count on him, I totally get it. In fact, in fact, Dayton Moore, who has never had a critical thing to say about this roster in his entire career, had something bad to say about Mondesi this season whenever he said they can no longer count on him and that, and that he's no longer part of their plans. If he's there, great, but but he cannot be the you know, he cannot be the, the fallback piece. He cannot be the kind of uh, plug-and-play piece that they're used to having uh, and planning for. The roster cannot revolve around Mondesi because of his inability to stay healthy. But let's just say this roster is 100% healthy. I love what Merrifield, I love Soto Perez, I love Benintendi. Mondesi's really good. And then you have Bobby Witt Jr., who's the best prospect in baseball, and it looks like a can't-miss guy. And so if he can come up and have success right out of the gate, which many people assume that he will, and he almost you know, kind of broke the club and, and made his debut in the opening day last year. You remember those, there was kind of teasings of that happening last year. Uh, I think that he'll be in Kansas City on opening day or close to it if they manipulate service time, whatever. Uh, I, I think that either way, It'll be Bobby Wood Jr. there, and so that's a natural improvement. I think that at first base, you're going to see eventually Nick Prado come up, and so he'll be a, a huge improvement at first base. And so as you make those in-house improvements, you're pushing down Hunter Dozier, you're pushing down Michael A. Taylor, you're pushing down Carlos Santana, you know, and push, pushing them out in some cases, and, and taking their and making their job easier. I think that as of right now, in terms of on the roster, it comes down to what you believe in Nicky Lopez. Like, do you believe that last year for Nicky Lopez was lightning in a bottle? Or do you believe that Nicky Lopez has truly um, turned it around at the plate? Because we know he's an elite fielder. An elite fielder. So that's the question about Nicky Lopez. And that's the question about this current roster. The outfield needs some help. They have a strong middle infield. And Salvador Perez can continue to be elite. I mean, he was awesome at the plate. And the real optimism comes from the starting rotation. Because Brady Singer, Kyle Bubich, Brad Keller, they didn't have the year that they wanted to have last year, of course. But they're so young, and at any moment, they all have such upside that they could hit top one, two, three in the rotation ceilings immediately. And then you have the renaissance of Carlos Hernandez, who is incredible down the stretch of last year. And so that's going to be an improvement that you're going to have on paper this year that you didn't have last year. So if you agree that these young pitchers, or at least two of them, two of the 5,000 that you have, are going to take a a stride and going to make progress, well, then this team gets better automatically at that point. And if this team, who already had one elite month where they were the best team in baseball for a month, if this team can string together a month and a half more of that level of play than that 74-win ball club last year pushes closer to the 
81 win mark, and with expanded postseason, then all of a sudden, you're in the postseason. Then all of a sudden, you're taking up on those spots. And so it's hard to know the playoff picture right now because what if they do that crazy stuff where the top two teams in each division get in? I hope that they don't do that. I hope that they just go based on record after division winners. All three division winners get in, and then from there it goes off straight record and you're not locked into having a team from each division again. So all this is still up in the air, but the Royals are very close on paper as it is right now. So what's the expectation? For me, I would love to see this team go get a bullpen arm or two that that you can forget about. And I mean that in the very best way. That is so good and so reliable, when Mike Matheny brings him into a game, you feel confident that nine times out of ten, they're going to do their job and they're going to get through their responsibility. No matter if they're a specialist or getting through an inning or getting through the game, they're going to do it. I want one or two relievers that way. I would love one impact bat where you're, you can count on that player to be somebody that ties this lineup together because it's not far away, especially if Bobby Witt Jr. is the hitter he showed last year in the minor leagues. If you have Witt Jr., if you have Benatendi, if you have Perez, if you have Witt Merrifield, if you have whatever Montessi and, and Lopez combined can give you, and then you have one more impact bat, well, then all of a sudden, it's a really good lineup. It's a really good lineup. And then the the question mark for me to where I can't decide which side of the fence I've fallen and what your help on is coming up after this. But first, I'm going to say right now, about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is incredible. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your next order. It's incredible. I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the best, and it's great for food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a dessert that's not full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bars are a new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious that feels and feel good about it. One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories on the low end, but most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar and plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Bilt Bar or go raspberry Bilt Bar over raspberry pie. With lots of good flavors to replace any pie, low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option for whenever you're hungry. If Thanksgiving's not coming soon enough, get a Built Bar or two, and even share some of your family gatherings to break the ice with your family members. With new surprises all month long, limited-time-only flavors, and great deals coming all month long, check out BuiltBar.com regularly. And whenever you go to BuiltBar.com, give them the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15, 15% off your next order every single time at BuiltBar.com. And so the part I'm on the fence about with the Kansas City Royals is a starter. I mentioned I really want one or two good bullpen arms that you can forget about. I wanted a high-impact bat. For the starting rotation is where, again, I can go either way. Right, it's more much. It's much like the starting. It's much like the Starling Marte thing. If Dayton Moore somehow pulled off Starling Marte, which I would love, I would hop on here and give him heaps of credit. If the Royals report the spring training in February and have not signed a starting pitcher, I will not criticize Dayton Moore. But if they do sign a start, starting pitcher, I can really see the advantages of it. And so I can really go either way. And I want to see how the fan base feels about that, um, about signing rota- a starting rotation pitcher, because to me. Um, 
I'm one of the people who think, look, for this team to get where they're at, it's going to take a step from Brady Singer. It's going to take a step from Chris Bubich. It's going to take a step from Jackson Coward. It's going to take a step from Brad Keller. It's going to take a step from all these young arms that you have in your rotation, at your disposal, in your farm system, with your prospect list. You'll take a step from all of them if you want to get where you're going to go. And so if Daniel Lynch is not there, if Brady Singer's not there, if Chris Bubich is not there and ready to compete, well, then simply you're not ready to compete. Because while the timeline was laid out by Dayton Moore, while 2022 was the year mark to get back to the postseason, that was accounting for the high investments that you made in these starting pitchers to be good. And so to me, you're going to have to sink or swim at this point. It's going to have to be Singer, Lynch, Bubich, Keller, Hernandez, getting you where you want to go. With some help from the swingman from Mike Miner and, and, and some help down the line. That's my opinion on the front. But I understand if Dayton Moore is saying, no, I really, really, really want to make this team win now in 2022. And the best way to do that would be ensuring that we at least have a MLB-level consistent pitcher that's better than Mike Miner, maybe not an ace, but better than Mike Miner, or... Heck, even going all in getting a guy like Michael Stroman, who is an electric pitcher that at any given moment can give you ace-level stuff. So I understand both sides of it. I think it's one of those luxuries where I, I would not condemn Dayton Moore if he didn't do it. I would give him praise if he did do it. And we just see where we're at in February. But maybe some of you think that the Royals have to go get Marcus Stroman, have to go get a top-of-the-line pitcher in order for this to be success in the offseason. So where are you at? To me... Got to help the bullpen, got to help the lineup, and then past that, anything is gravy, anything is the cherry on top. But this team is a lot closer than you think, and they're hopefully going to compete for the playoffs, however that may look, in 2022. So until tomorrow, be good, and be good to one another.